0: How many times have we been there as parents, right? We hear this scream and we run and we think the worst and we get there and it's okay. That's what I want to talk about. That was sort of a grainy uh, picture we work on our graphics here, but that was a movie called The Boys Are Back and that was a dad who was watching his son and whose son jumped into a hot tub and as you can see, it was it was Okay. We're going to talk about that in, in parenting because that's really something that happens to parents again and again and again in life. Whether it really be an infant or a teenager or a kid has moved out of the house, you get this feeling that the worst has happened. And then you hopefully get to this situation and you find nine times out of ten that, that it's okay. Now, God actually wants us to feel that it's okay all of the time, even when the worst things happen. And, and the way we do that is to, is to know that we are not the parents of our kids, that God is. We're just watching them for a little while. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, this is the Parenthood series. We're on our fourth message, our fourth message of parenthood. And we're just trying to give some tools from the Bible to people who are parents, and we know that not everybody here is a parent. About 90% of the church is a parent of some aged kids. We're not just focusing in this series on young kids, but in teenagers, on kids who've moved out, uh, on maybe you have kids who are 40, 50, 60. Hopefully this series will help you in, in your entire walk. By the way, uh, we want to welcome those who are listening on podcast today. I did have a guy say to me the other day, I woke up at 3 a.m. and I downloaded the podcast and it was helpful for me. Are you really podcasting at 3 a.m. in the morning? We obviously are not doing, we don't come down here at 3 a.m. This is a recording, but you can download it onto your iPod or your uh, one MP3 and you can listen to it. We do want to welcome those who are listening today from Georgia and South Carolina. We pray that you feel that you are here in our worship space here on the Central Coast and that you are a part of this worship service. Today I want to talk to parents who, whose kids are in trouble or having difficulty. And again, if you don't have kids who are in difficulty now, you, you will have kids who are in difficulty. It is just a fact of life. Uh, and we have all kinds of challenges as parents. Kids go through all kinds of things. Addictions, uh, drugs, and alcohol. Kids uh, go through all kinds of challenges health-wise that just are huge burdens for us. Kids of divorced, divorced parents are very challenged because they sometimes feel pulled between two different extremes. got an email This last week from a friend at our congregation, and she writes this about the challenges she's having with her teenage daughter. She writes, Recently, I've been going through a divorce, and my daughter is 15 and struggling to be a teenager, trying to figure out who she is and where she fits. Hormones, boys, school. The hardest part, she said, was for me when she chose to live with her father and didn't want to speak to me anymore. She said, I tried visiting her at home, and she would just run away and slam the door. I texted her and I called her and over and over, over I apologized, telling them how much, telling her how much I missed her and loved her, nothing. My heart was broken for her and I felt so bad for the pain I had caused. It was the coldest, darkest, miserable, most miserable season of my life. Now maybe that's not you, but as a parent, you do have those seasons in parenting. So I want to talk about that. Now as we talk about how to work in this idea, we first have to start with the world's version of a perfect kid and God's version of a perfect kid. Now, what is the world's version of a perfect child? Uh, here's a couple of things. Number one is straight A student from school, right? Captain of the football team, head cheerleader. Uh, not just a captain, but on a winning football team, right? You don't want your kid to be captain of a losing football team. Always obedient and kind, right? Good looking and beautiful, successful in their lives so they can then come take care of us when we get to that age when we need to be taken care of, Right? Those are some of the world's. Those are some of the world's versions of what is the perfect kid. Let me show you some of God's version of what a perfect child is. This is Moses. Moses had anger issues. He murdered somebody, he ran away from home. God found him in the middle of the wilderness, and he brought him back, and he led a million, million people to freedom. Here's another version of God's. Here's some more visions. Here's Jacob. Jacob stole his brother's entire inheritance. He took his entire account of his brother and he downloaded it into his bank account. And uh, God used him. He made him Israel of all people. There's Rahab. We all know that she had the world's oldest profession, right? It's not exactly what every parent wants for your kid. But she saved the Israelites through a time. She she worked with God. God used her in wherever she was. And and the list goes on and on. Uh, Here's a picture of Joseph. He was arrogant, self-centered. He was a kid who was always talking about himself, picking fights with his brother and sister, Lydia. Now, what did Lydia do? Lydia had a clothes store, but she specialized in one color, purple. She sold, it was called purple clothes. That was the whole store. Imagine that if your kid. What's your kid doing? Well, she's got a purple clothes store. She's doing really well. She specializes. Or, or what if you're the parent of John the Baptist? Now, that's a good one, right? What's your son doing? Well, he lives in the wilderness, and he eats honey. And bugs. And of course, Jesus. Just think, now we think of Jesus as God, but Jesus was also fully human. And this is a person who, who said things that made the government so mad that they actually imprisoned him and put him to death for those things. So this is God's version of the perfect kids. So what we want to do is just give you some encouragement today and to say that God still has his hand on your kids, even though you may not feel that he does. Let's look at our text. We're going to lift the lights a little bit during this time in the worship. If you've brought your Bibles, you can take a peek at your Bibles or it's on the screen or your programs. What we want you to hear is that God has not forgotten your kids. Let's listen for God's word. Verse 28, it says this, and we know, I love it when the Bible says no, and we know, not believe, not think, we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love Him. God brings about completion for those who love Him. Doesn't matter where you think your kids are going, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He predestined. Now, predestination is one of the most loaded terms in the entire Bible and the least understood. And it has divided churches and it shouldn't. I'll tell you first what predestination isn't predestination isn't where God has chosen people and it doesn't matter what we do and we should just kick back. And if you're chosen, you're great. If you're not chosen, you're not. No, it's not like this great big game of like Red Rover, Red Rover, send like your kid over. No, this is predestination. Let's say this is the beginning of time, right? Zero. That was the beginning of time. And we don't know when time will end. We do know it'll continue in some fashion. The world will end. And let's say here, this is where Jesus came on the cross and died on the cross and say, let's say this is 2010, the year we live in right now. And we are here, say, like, maybe we're born somewhere in this range or somewhere over here. Maybe you've been over here. This is our little period here. And we assume that God is living in this linear time. We assume that he's just living it along day to day, day to day. But that's not true. God is actually over here in 3050. He's already there. He's also back here at like 2.00. And he's also way out here. Time is, is not an issue for God. And guess what? He's also here and 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 here. And so time for God is eternal. That's comforting for a parent who doesn't exactly know where he, his kid or her kid is going to go. It's comforting for us. Let's keep going. He says this in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? For if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for your kid, who can be against your kid? Attention deficit disorder? Drugs? Bad boyfriends? Snotty personality disorder? No. Nothing. Nothing can be against you. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Who shall separate your kid from the love of God? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution addictions, famine, nakedness, prison, danger, sword, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor future, nor powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything in the creation can separate us or your kid from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. When God has a mark on your child... It's brought to completion. It was so powerful yesterday at our Presbytery meeting. There was a young guy named Chris Smilbrath. You've heard him preach here. He works over at Cambria Presbyterian Church. He was baptized at Hollywood Press when he was a baby. Presbyterian Church down in Hollywood. And uh, he went through this long period, like six, seven years. He told yesterday about all kinds of ways of running away from God. Yesterday, he became a pastor in the Christian church. God had this plan. He he marked his life. God planned Andrea Alexis Andretti's life. He had that plan, that mark. Jamie, my, my brother Jamie is here. He came on Friday to do a wonderful conference for pastors, for guys who have like their PhDs and stuff. Jamie Baird, your Jamie Baird was here teaching. A bunch of guys who were pastors. And he did a great job and uh he, so god blessed our church to have jamie here but man if you told my parents like 20 years ago that jamie was going to be up here he's gonna be a full-time student at fuller they would have thought you were like on something right never forget going down to visit jamie he was living in trinidad an island of the caribbean and uh he didn't have an address at that point i just heard it was the jungle somewhere um <laughs> And uh, so he was in the jungle in Trinidad, and uh, they don't usually let you come to visit someone in a foreign country unless you give them an address, right? I didn't think of this until I got to Trinidad. So I'm at the customs thing, and the guy's like, you know, what is the address, man? You can't come and visit visit anyone if you don't know their address. It's the jungle, okay? He's in the jungle. No, no, I can't let you in. I said, look, I'm just here to see my brother, Jamie Baird. Jamie Beardman, you mean the crazy guy who plays the bagpipes? I kid you not. I kid you not. Well, come on in. He's leading a band called Celtic Invasion. He was. I don't know where your kid is right now. I mean, my life, you've heard about my story. I mean, I am not as colorful as my brother, but I have had all kinds of abject desperation. I moved back with my parents. I dropped out of college. I mean, I was lost. And God has his hand on your kid too. And so this is what I want to talk about today and just to leave you with. Number one is this. God is the parent of your kids. You are not. I went to this conference uh, that Richard mentioned a little while ago, Catalyst. It's this big church conference, 3,500 pastors, and again, Richard's right. Our band is better and all that, but (laughs) but, uh, there was this pastor there who said something that just really, really helped me, and he could not be a more different pastor from me. He is a fundamentalist. Uh, His name is Mark Driscoll. He tries to put the fun back in fundamentalism, but he's a different tradition. I'm an evangelical Presbyterian, but he said something that just like really helped me, he said, pastors, are you listening to me? And all of us went, yeah, yeah. He said, no, no, I really want you to listen to me. And all of my staff were like, are you listening to him? And um, yeah, I'm listening. He said, you are not the pastor of your church. You're not. Jesus Christ is. And you are just working for him. And I brought all of this stuff with me into that conference I brought all these things that I felt that I had fallen short in. All these things that I was not doing. But I'm just working for the pastor of this church. And I want you to hear something as parents. You are not the parent of your kid. Jesus Christ is. You're just working for him. You're like the super nanny, you know? And that just takes the burden off. That means that the mess-ups are not your fault either. It's God's. (laughs) Nice job, God. You really screwed this one up. So I want to give you three things that will help you remember that you are not the parent of your kid. Pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Would you say that with me? Pray, pray, pray. Pray Pray for them. Pray for them. (laughs) Wherever they are there's this wonderful church in Florida by, uh, being led by Peter Lord, who was a great pastor. And he has this school at his, at his uh, church. And he takes in kids who get kicked out of a whole lot of other schools. So he took in a kid who had been kicked out of literally every, every other school, even a lockdown facility, even if that's possible. And so he took this kid into the church, but they tried to do something different with this kid. They tried to lift up the things that he was doing right. So when the Dad came to the parent-teacher conference, and the parents were there, and the dad and and the the teacher was there, and he's just expecting a long list of things that the kid had done wrong. The teacher said, no, actually, he's doing great. Let me give you 10 reasons he's doing well. He's kind. He's smart. He's athletic. Just went down the list. So the dad went home, and the kid's like, all right, (laughs) I, I know. Just give me the list. I'm ready for it. And dad said, actually, no, he gave me 10 things you're doing well. When you pray for your kid, lift up the things they're doing well to God. Start with 10 of them. Start with You might have to make it up. He has a nice smile. <laughs> but lift those things up first and then lay on God the things that you are concerned with your kids about. The second thing is you've got to pray for their world. You get to pray not just for them but their entire world. Star kind of scares me on this. My wife, Star, we have a 22-month-old. She prays for everything around Haley's world. She's like, let's pray for her um, teacher, which she will go into in third grade. Let's pray for her sixth grade teacher. Let's pray for her job, next job. Let's pray for college. Then she says something that really freaks me out. Let's pray for her future husband. No, we are not going (laughs) to pray for that. No. John Ortberg, a pastor of a church up in Menlo Park, he's praying for our church. He's a great pastor. He was really bummed out recently because his daughter was getting married. And for dads, this is a tough one. And he was really bummed out, not just because he had to give his daughter away, but because he was also a pastor at that wedding and he had to pretend like he was happy and cheerful about it. <laughs> so John walked down the aisle with his daughter and then they're standing there and they turned around and opened the Bible and he said, we are gathered today before God in the fellowship of these witnesses to give thanks for the gift of marriage. And as he was going through those words, he said, I am giving my daughter away today, but she is still yours. She is still yours. So remember that. Your kid is not your kid, your kid is God's kid. And the second thing is this that God is in the business of harmonic completion. He loves it. All things work together for good for those who love Jesus Christ. He loves harmonic completion, He brings things together. That's what He does. And just pray that God will bring this thing together. Maybe not even in your life. Maybe somehow God will bring together your kid in harmonic completion with Jesus Christ sometime. I read this powerful story this last week about a guy named Peter Tenboom. Maybe you've heard of his sister, Corrie Tenboom. She was a great evangelist, a great writer. Peter grew up in the 1940s in Nazi Germany. And uh, it was a tough time. And Germany was being... Or, uh, Belgium and Holland were being occupied by the by the Nazis, and so uh, Peter was one of these rebels who was fighting against the Nazis, kind of quietly. He actually played in the worship band. He played the organ in the worship band, and uh, one day the the whole the whole church was full of Nazi commandants, and he started to play the the Dutch national anthem in the middle of worship. Didn't go down so well, but. But Peter and his family, the Ten Boom family, housed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children who were, who were being killed and put in concentration camps by the Nazis. And he was successful, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Jewish children. Years later, Peter was in Israel and he was visiting the Holy Land and he had gone to the temple and he had gone to all the sites and somewhere in the middle of that, that trip he had this massive heart attack, quadruple, quadruple valve heart attack. And he hit the ground. He was rushed to Hebrew Hospital. He's there. They had to do like a quadruple you know, bypass surgery. But like the one doctor in, in that part of the world who could do it was there. He comes to after the surgery and the doctor's standing over him. And he's saying, are you a part of the Ten Boom family that housed Jewish children in the 40s? Yeah, yeah, said Peter. Well, my name is Jakob Weissman, and I was one of those kids. God is in the business of harmonic completion, and he brings people back to him again and again and again and again, and he will bring your kids back to him. Your God will have a mark on your kid. And uh, it's only about just saying, Lord, it's your, it's, your, it's your project. You are parent of my kid. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I thank you so, so much for this church. And I thank you for our kids. And we lift up to you the challenges that we face with them. And we admit to you that we actually don't know how this thing will all fit together. But we ask that you would speak through the power of your spirit. And that you would bring harmonic completion in their lives. We ask that you would help us to get out of the role of parent and help to know that you are the one who is guiding our kids. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.